What's up, guys? Welcome back or welcome to another episode of Behind the Mask. I am Chris. And I am Becca. And we are joined today with the best person in the world, Maggie. So before I continue to gas up Maggie, because I can do that all day, Mags, introduce yourself to the people. What's up, guys? Um, I'm Maggie Van Thuliner. I'm a sophomore at Auburn University and a goalkeeper there as well. I lead the Bible study at our university, and I'm an elementary education major with a minor in psychology. Awesome. Once again, you guys were throwing people at you that study psychology. So, I mean, I don't know what that says about us, but it is what it is. So, yeah, just so you guys know, I mean, Mags, when I say Maggie's the best person in the world, I'm not, it's not an understatement. You know, um, you guys can probably tell just by being on this conversation, Maggie's like the sweetest, kindest person you ever meet and has a, has a wealth of knowledge that I think um, you guys will definitely be blessed by. And with that, we are talking all about leading your team. So the episode before this um, with Lisa, we talked about embracing your role. Again, embracing the roles that are not as at like that you don't love, right? Whether you're not the starter, you're not the captain, you're the person sitting on the bench, you're not playing, whatever. We're talking about leading your team this time. So all about what does it look like to lead your team and glorify God? What does it look like to do it according to the gospel? So uh, we'll jump right in here. And Mags, I'll ask you, so what are some standards of leadership that you think are different from the world compared to the gospel? So how do those standards differ? I think in the world, leadership kind of stems on a hierarchy. Um, there's like a power where you look at someone like the president or a teacher, or like a parental figure. There's a sense of respect, but there's also a sense of fear that comes along with that. Um, but when leading a Bible study, leading a team of people about the same age, uh, you want to lead together, push towards a common goal versus like having one person up here and everyone else trying to reach you. Um, I think we see that a lot in the Bible with the disciples. They were common fishermen, carpenters, whatever. They weren't these high and mighty priests. Um, and so we need to kind of be the people who walk with the people that we lead versus having someone chase after us, which is what happens in the world a lot. Yeah, really good. I think we talked about this a little bit, Lisa, too. Like, are you choosing to lead people or are you choosing to lord your position over people? I think it's really, um, really important. And to your point of like Jesus calling tax collectors, the fishermen, the carpenters, people that are both despised by society and people that are largely forgotten by society. And he's choosing to lead with them even in a position of authority. So really good. Bex, uh, what are your thoughts? Um, I think I would really echo Maggie on this one. I think a big difference in, again, when we think about leadership and going back to kind of what we talked about in our last episode of, of your role is the glorifying a leadership role. And what does that look like? I think it comes back to we're glory junkies and we're created to be worshipers. We're going to worship something. And a lot of times, if our hearts aren't set on the Lord, if the king of our heart isn't who it should be, we're going we're gonna to worship somebody else and we're going to worship something else. And I think a lot of the time that comes, we end up 
worshiping, idolizing, fearing, to use Maggie's term, the people in leadership over us. And I think when we're in the leadership positions as glory junkies and as wanting to to gain glory for ourselves, we can kind of feed off of that. And I think it can it can create a really toxic cycle that is very counter to what we are called to as believers in leadership roles. So I think our sin nature, our desire for to glorify something, whether that be ourself, the world, the king of our heart as it should be, really fuels a lot of a lot of how a leadership role can kind of go go south and away from from what we're called to as believers. Yeah, for sure. And I think um to your point, Becca, like us being glory junkies in and out of itself is contrary to the gospel, right? And Jesus calling us to humble ourselves to not just acknowledge him, but to accept him and to follow him. And I think, um, yeah, to your point, like if we are so like obsessed with almost having the glory or having people that we love get the glory as well, um, it gets in the way of, of what the true mission of, of of Jesus is right, which is to lead with people, Maggie, like you said, and to live life and to do life with people. Um, so with that, Mags, we'd love to hear like your experience, your story with um leading your team at Auburn, War Eagle, everyone. Um, yeah, so <laughs> leading your team and you know, what are some challenges that you face? What are some things that have been awesome that you've experienced? We'd love to hear all of it. Yeah, so it started out um Last year I was a freshman. I went to church, like, but I didn't make a big ripple on our team. And I kind of struggled with where I fell, what my role was. Um, as we went into this year, we got put into a COVID bubble. So we couldn't go see family. We couldn't go see friends. It was purely with our team 24 seven. And it got depressing a little bit. A lot of my like mental release came from going to church every week. And I found that a lot of other girls had the same release. So I kind of took a leap of faith. I prayed about it a lot and sent a message into our group chat saying, Hey, would anyone be down to start a Bible study an hour a week, whatever. I know we're super busy. And unfortunately you think about your locker room talk. You think about like, Oh, relationships. So like, what's the gossip on boys? Like, oh, we hated this part of practice, whatever. You don't really have like deep conversations about religion. And therefore, sometimes you don't know where everyone stands in their walk with God. So I was really nervous. I was like, maybe I'll get four or five people, which is enough to create a Bible study. But I wanted to provide a safe place where people could grow in their relationship with God and kind of get out their worries and frustrations. Luckily, I had 15 people respond to the message which I was overwhelmed and I was really excited. So I put all of them into a group chat and wanted to facilitate this Bible study for everyone. Cause I had some girls who had never opened a Bible before some girls who had no relationship with God, some people who had a relationship with God and kind of fallen off. And then some people like me who were pretty solid in their relationship. And so I found that maybe cramming the Bible down someone's throat is not really going to be the easiest part of running this Bible study and create a helpful environment for everyone. Um, so I put a poll out there and 
basically said, what are the daily struggles that you guys have on a day-to-day basis in the atmosphere of a D1 athlete? And it was all anonymous. So I decided to do a topic-based Bible study. Um, We started out with finding your identity in Christ, what that meant, um, what that meant as a powerful woman, and what the Bible says about who you should be as a child of God. Um, We kind of moved that into labels and expectations of what you should be in God's eyes versus what is required of your typical student athlete. Um, That moved into control and then comparison, frustration, people pleasing. And then we ended with body image right before the break ended. so those were some pretty heavy hitting topics. We definitely had some, some intense nights, but some of the challenges that I faced going into it was um, we're super busy. And so I had a lot of girls drop, which that kind of came back on me in terms of what did I do wrong? I very much am a people pleaser. I'm very much a perfectionist and leading this team has also helped me grow my relationship with God because I'm like, wow, I do this. I'm not high and mighty. I'm not this perfect Christian person. Like I struggle with all of these things on a day-to-day basis too. Um, That being said, it helped leading that I also struggled with these things that I could bring up my own um, problems and work through it with the girls as well. Sometimes I didn't know the answers. I had um, one of my teammates is transgender and he is going through his transition process and has lost his relationship with God. And therefore it had a lot of controversial questions that I was like, whoa, I don't know. I'm going to have to do some research on that. And it was really interesting for me to go and ask the leaders in my life, like the leaders of my Bible studies that I attend, um, these really profound questions and get the answers back to him. Um, I also found that like when leading a team, I didn't want to preach. That's, I'm not good at that. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a priest. I am a person who struggles on a day-to-day basis, just like anyone else. And I have a lot of these problems that we addressed So I didn't want to go and have everyone sit in a circle and me talk. I wasn't comfortable with that. So I created kind of a question-based atmosphere um, that opened conversation um, so that the girls could discuss the problems and give their personal opinions and answer other people's problems. It's not them asking me or me asking them answering and back and forth like that. So that being said, those are a couple of my challenges. And I felt that it really created a tighter atmosphere on our team because we were able to be more vulnerable than just the surface level going to practice every day. And it helped us get through COVID. And I hope that we can continue to do it into next semester as well. But I really, really enjoyed my time and I found my role in this team, which is more of a spiritual leader for everyone else. 
Yeah, no, there are so many things I love about what you said, but I want to give Becca an opportunity to respond before I do. So I'm going to hop off my soapbox after, after that big feel. No, it's good. I love it. Go ahead, Bex. We don't have to put this in the recording, but like, Maggie, that is awesome. Like, I'm just like sitting here and you're like, I expected like four girls or like 15 girls responded. Like, I don't, I don't know when you start when I, when we're putting this back in the recording, because I'm just going to go off for a minute. It's all going in the recording. (laughs) But like the seeds that you just plant of, and like my favorite, one of, one of the many things that I love that you said of like. I didn't want to sit there and preach. Like, I didn't want to sit in a circle, have me at the front and like, have like a Bible study where like, where people are just like, I'm just feeding and they're consuming. Like I wanted it to be a space to ask the really hard questions, to wrestle with the really hard things. And I just think that's so valuable. And I think that's something that that's a misconception of you know, when we look at religion and we look at church and it's, I have to have it all together. You think of like haughty people with their noses up in the air, like faking perfection. When in reality, it's like you as somebody in a leader posi- leadership position, you're like, Hey, I don't have all the answers. I struggle with this. I struggle with that. And when I struggle, I take it to the scriptures. And that's just like such a profound example, such like, Oh, I just love it. I just think, I just think it's awesome. And I think it's what we need as community and we need in leadership. And it's just humble leadership, which I think is such a key, key aspect to be able to say, Hey, I don't know. Hey, I'm struggling. Hey, I'm wrestling. Let's wrestle together. And in this context, like let's wrestle together and let's see what Christ says about this. So I love it. I got chills. Yeah, no, the thing that I really loved is, yes, what Becca said, but also um, the part where you say that you want to create a safe environment, not safe to the point where it it waters down the gospel and it just makes it like an easy to swallow gospel, but safe in that you're willing to hear other people's perspectives and, you know, love them through it and continue to just like pour into them. That I absolutely love because I think similar to what Becca's point is, the like the thought process is, okay, I'm the leader. That means I have to have it all together. That means this is the environment. Y'all either better get in line or get out. And I feel like that happens so often. And then people feel out of place when it's like interesting because Mags, you're in this Bible study that we're doing at work in first Peter. And one of the things that he introduces us to is like, we're elect exiles, right? We're God's chosen people, but we're foreign to the land that we're in. And if we think about Jesus's example, like it wasn't like Jesus said, hey, this is the environment that we're doing. This is what I'm doing. So you better get on the train or, or, or get to step in. That's not what Jesus did. Jesus is like, I want to step into the muck in the mud. Becca, I love this analogy. So I'm going to continue to say it. I'm going to step into it with you and I'm going to love you through it. And I want to make sure that at the end of your relationship with me or your interaction with me, you feel safe and you feel loved. And I think there's not enough of that in leadership because everybody's about sharing how much I know. Get Take all the knowledge that I know, right? And it's not take all the love that I have. So that's something that like 
in hearing you speak like um, points out to me when it comes to leadership and leading in the right way is do they feel loved when you when they leave or did you just talk at them and then hopefully like some of it's it, like it would seep in but that, that doesn't mean that they felt loved at the end of it so yeah I think it's it's really good and it's really important of like talking about leadership in terms of not just is the spotlight on me, but can I turn it on the people that I'm leading? Not in a way that points to, oh, here are all the different ways in which they're not as good as me. So this is why, but in a way that's like, I want to love them well. So I'm not just going to turn the spotlight on myself or turn the spotlight on them. We're going to be in it together and we're going to chat about some tough stuff. And I can imagine, um, the closeness in some of your relationships with, with your teammates and having those conversations. Cause you like hit hard hitting topic after hard hitting topic. I was like, gee, bruh, like what, <laughs> what's going on here? But yeah, like those are things that people don't talk about. And those are things that, that affect us as people. Right. So yeah, I really want to commend you on that. I appreciate that. I really do. And I think that you brought up an interesting point about, I want them to feel loved. I would also like to feel reciprocated and have that trust be mutual between us. And a lot of the times it's putting yourself out there first. So nobody is going to jump into the deep end if, if they're alone. So if someone else is there to catch them or to also be there and build their way out of this deep end together, then it hits a lot harder than just pushing someone into the deep end of the pool. Yeah, no, it's really good. And to that, similar to that point, but I wanted to throw this in here before we talk about scripture references. So Mads, what has been your experience or how do you handle um, like hostility or a less than ideal conversation? You talked about, you gave an example of one of your teammates, but just in general, what, what do you think? Yeah, so I had some frustrations um, at the beginning of the Bible study where we didn't have super strong relationships with each other yet, where... I had one Bible study that no one spoke and I went home and you guys know, I cry. It's just part of my personality. Like if I get frustrated, I'm a crier. Um, And I reached out to one of my trainers who happens to be another one of my Bible study leaders. And I said, what did I do wrong? Like, why won't anyone open up to me? And I realized that I was like, answering their questions for them. So we always talk about embracing the silence and I don't do that enough. If there's awkward silence, I'm there. I'll answer a question even if it's wrong. So I spoke at them instead of with them and didn't give enough time to comp- or for them to contemplate the question that I was asking. Um, that was one of the kind of more frustrating days but also having others feel comfortable speaking up and answering a question. So if someone presents a hard hitting religious question that I may not know the answer, I want my girls to be able to feel that, hey, I have the answer. I have a personal experience that relates to this question. Have them feel comfortable enough to be able to speak up and also be a leader within this group. Yeah, no, I love that leadership and empowering others. It's so good. So w- with that point, I want to ask 
both of you guys, whichever one of you wants to start, we can. Let's bring the gospel in here. We just talked about how leadership in the world can differ from the gospel. So scripture references, what are some parts of God's word that you guys are like? This fits with leading my team. What do we think? Um, I'll start. I have um, Romans 8.28 written. Yes. So it says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So as I said earlier in the podcast, I didn't have a role on this team last year. And I found that this is my purpose. This is my role. Um, And if we work towards the glory of God, we'll be filled with his strength, his wisdom, his love and his righteousness and so many other things that he brings to the table um, that'll guide us and empower us in leaving, leading others. I mean, sometimes I go into Bible study and I talk and I come out and I'm like, I had no idea what I just said. The Holy spirit just spoke through me and I hope it, I hope it was good. So. Relatable. Bex, what do you think? Yeah, I just want to, I feel like Romans 8.28 is like such a good one for this topic. I just want to kind of bounce off of Maggie's point of out of, out of the relationship with Christ comes the fruit that empowers us to lead the team. And I mean, that's all over scripture, but to your point, Maggie, of like, I don't know, like you're going, you have no idea what you're going to be faced with in this Bible study, leading your team on the field, like stuff come, we're humans and stuff comes up and it's not like, oh, I I prepared for this conversation. Like you don't, and you're kind of flying by the seat of your pants a lot of time. And it's like, okay, God show up, you know, and, and use me. And I just think it's really going back to the point of, it all starts with a relationship with him and out of that relationship, then he empowers us to go and lead in a way that's honoring and glorifying to him. Not because we're trying super hard, not because we figured it out and have all the right answers, but it's literally, I think of the, my mom used to use this analogy. So I'm going to use a mom analogy of like linking arms with the Lord. I know that, but like, and you're just like walking into the field, you're walking into a team meeting, you're walking into Bible study and you're like, I have no idea. I feel weak today. I'm tired. You know, I have no idea what's going to meet me here, but I trust and I'm standing on my relationship with the Lord that wherever we're at, he's going to be with me and he's going to, he's going to do the work. I just have to show up and speak when he tells me to speak and listen when he tells me to listen and discern what he has for me here in this place, in this role that I'm given. And I think when we do that, rather than being like, I must lead, I must do everything right. I must have it all together. It's just this humbleness, humility, sorry, this humility before the Lord to say like, all right, we're doing this. And, you know, here's the position that I'm in. God help me for lack of a better, for lack of a better term. Yeah, no, I think overarching word that I get from both of you is the is humility yes but also like accepting the fact that we're not leading because out of our own merit we're leading because God is sovereign and has called us to do that and has and we have a privilege to be part of his like 
um, part of his plan and be part of his part in like, in, in impacting other people's lives. And the passage that always comes to my mind, and it's a humbling process because I know for me in leadership and Maggie, I can definitely relate um, with people aren't coming or people flake out on things because of not so great reasons, whatever. I definitely get, will get frustrated in that regard. But the one that sticks out to me is first Corinthians seven seventeen, where it says, nevertheless, each person should live as a believer in whatever situation the Lord has assigned them, just as God has called them. This is the rule I lay down in all the churches. And Paul's like, the part that really sticks out to me is, um, in whatever situation the Lord has assigned to them, just as God has called them. It's not like, okay, God, he put me in this situation. So that means that I have to do this, 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 and this, right? I have to make it all about me. I have to make sure that it's perfect. It's no, God has put you there. And to Becca's point, he has equipped you to do it well and to do it for his glory. So I definitely think, yeah, sometimes in leadership, um, whether it's you're at, uh, you're on stage on the platform looking down or you're standing eye to eye with somebody or you're looking up because you can influence the people that are older than you too or in a position of authority. I think the tendency is to do the most. We love to do the most in things for no reason. When God's like, let's remember who you do it for. And again, I even use Jesus as an example. Um, and I think Maggie, again, when we walked through John, we saw it over and over again. Jesus always went to go and check with the father before he did anything. So can we model our leadership the same way? He's called us to be in this role. He called us to be in that role. We didn't just decide to be in this role and say it's about us. Like it starts with him. It should continue to be with him and it should finish with him. So yeah, I think the that kind of speaks to the humility piece of we got to remember that, you know, God's called us to like, he's entrusted us with his most precious possession, which is people. So we need to steward that well and make sure that we're um, constantly pouring into him and, and like tapping into him because otherwise we're not going to do it well at all. So. Yeah, I definitely go into every Bible study or every day, honestly, um, knowing that sometimes I may be the link between someone and God. And it's how I present myself on a day-to-day basis that could make or break a relationship with God, essentially, because who I hold myself to be is representative of God working through me. And in John 15, I think verse nine, I think it's verse nine. It says, um, as the father has loved me, so I have loved you. And so I take this power and this love that God has given me and I exude it into my everyday activities so that I can have someone come up and say, hey, like, where did you get all this love for, for me? Like, why are you loving me? I don't deserve to be loved thus coming back and be like hey you should join bible study because god loves you too um so it's being that that vessel for christ in everyday activities where we don't typically bring religion into 
Yeah, no, it's really good. And I think um, it's a good segue into our next piece. Sorry, Bex, we'll start with you because I know you have a response. And I'll just throw the question out there and then we'll go from there. Um, but the next question says, what, so what are some pitfalls of being in a leadership role? And I think uh, before I let Becca respond, um, there are so many because like you were talking about, we're kind of glory, ha- glory hounds. We love to make everything about us. And with that, we get put into a context that we're not equipped for. So there are so many things that come with it. But before I say more, Bex, what's your response? Um, to Maggie's point of loving well and seeking, seeking to store well the position that you're in. And, and I love that analogy of like the link and how they see, you know, you've heard, you hear it said sometimes of like, Hey, they could have their first encounter with Jesus can be through you. So how are you carrying yourself? How are you living your life? And I have kind of two thoughts on that. When I was in a leadership role on my team, I was just so focused and so fearful and so anxious about like doing it right and representing God perfectly. And in my mind, representing him perfectly, which I'm never going to represent him perfectly regardless, but I had to have it all together. And I had to, you know, have all the answers. I had to never struggle. I always had to be play perfectly. You know, everything just had, I had to be this like golden child. And I had a mentor of mine. And I think I've brought this up in other episodes because it's applicable everywhere. But she would say, she's like, Beck, you're trying to be a light for Christ on your team. If you're faking perfection, people are going to look at you. And then they're going to look at themselves and they're either going to see that you're faking it and they're going to be like, "Mm, that's unauthentic. I don't, you know, I don't want that Jesus. Or they're going to look at you and say like, wow, she's, she's perfect, which is, was a lie, but they see that picture and they're like, if that's what it takes to be a Christian, I can't, I can't level up to that. And it's such an inaccurate representation of the gospel and of Christ and our relationship with him. And it was such a wake up call to me. And it was like, again, Maggie, like you said, like broken vessels, like you go out with your, with your failures, with your weaknesses still evident before people and before the Lord so that he can use you in that. And I think once I understood that better going out into my team and being able to say like, Hey, I don't have all the answers or, Hey, I'm, I'm really struggling with this. And when I started to say, Hey, I'm struggling with this. Hey, that's really hard. It opened so many doors for so many conversations. And it, it was just, it was night and day because all of a sudden I was human and I was this broken human who needed a really, really strong God. I wasn't faking being strong. I was acknowledging my weaknesses before my teammates, before God and saying, this is how I handle it. And it's through my relationship with Jesus. And soapbox. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it, Bex. And I think um, before I let Max respond, that's one of the biggest things, at least for me with leadership and even honestly with relationship building with people is, are you willing to show the pieces that are not 
to get that are not together that are broken um and yeah i mean I, I definitely can relate to that when you when somebody knows you as a christ follower like am i representing christ the way i feel he deserves to be represented or am i choosing to sit in my brokenness and point to him and then people will see the process and be like okay that's what i need to emulate not the perfection of it but the this is going to suck, but I got to go to God and he's going to, he's going to refine me. So I think, yeah, that that's definitely tough and is definitely uh, tempting in, in leadership. It's like, all right, I have all the answers. Well, I can't be, I can't be further from the truth. Um, and God's like, no, don't, don't forget where I have brought you from and where I'm going to continue to bring you from and then allow people to get on that train with you. Right. And then join other people while they're going through it too. So yeah, I think it comes back to the humility piece of like, we can't represent God in that way. It doesn't, it doesn't do him justice. We have to represent him um, as like he, as the gracious God, as the loving God, as the just God that he is and recognize that. Listen, I didn't get here yesterday. It's years of wrestling with this man being like, dude, what, like, what the heck is up with me? Um, So, and I said this in in like an early episode of like, um, God smacking me over the head with things and being very blunt. At least that's how I think God talks to me. So, you know, yeah, I think everybody's wrestling is different and making sure that we're creating spaces that are safe. Maggie, like you said, to in leadership, to not just be open to other people's wrestling, but allow other people to see our wrestling too. There's something super freeing about that. But Mags, I'd love to hear your response. What do you think? You guys took the words right out of my mouth. So I have written on my paper, I was said I self-sabotage a lot at the beginning of my leadership role is I expected to be this, oh my gosh, a perfect image of a Christian girl and have my teammates come to me with their broken problems and say, ah, oh, I'm going to fix it. Like I'm a fixer. I'm a people pleaser and I'm a fixer. And those are my ultimate downfall at the end of the day, because sometimes I can't fix everything because I need to be fixed as well. I'm equally as broken as everyone who comes to this Bible study. Um, so if you're going to step into a leadership role, you have to step back and say, again, we're all broken. We all have things to work on and we can't be this in an authentic, perfect image of Christ, because we're not Christ at the end of the day. He can work through us, but we can't be him. Um, so that's a personal pitfall of mine. Um, it's something that I continually will work through. And there are power in numbers. So if you have something that you're struggling with, going to someone else who leads is often the greatest way of overcoming whatever challenge you're facing when leading your group. And Chris, Chris is my leader, just in case everyone is. <laughs> Listen, I'm honored to lead Maggie and our crew. Big fan. You guys teach me things every new things every day. But yeah, I wanted to respond to the fixer. I am very type A personality, fixer, perfectionist, want everything to be very, very particular. Becca knows that about me. I am a recovering control addict. So that's my deal. 
that's like the biggest pitfall when it comes to leadership for me is managing frustration when things don't go the way I want them to go. And I think I talked about this in, a, in another episode, whenever the heck it was, but surrendering how, like my how. I'm like, God, hey God, like I'm cool. Let's do this. Get people around me so we can like do life together. But I want it to happen in a very specific way. And God's like, mm, no, that's not how it's going to work. Because the truth is like everybody's context is different. Everybody's life is different. Everybody's story is different. So we're not like cookie cutter carbon copies of each other. So it, if I were to go and like, I think about it even as Jesus, like if Jesus were to just say, I'm going to go and get everybody who's sitting, who's standing in a tree being like, Hey, Jesus, here am I. That makes no sense. He only, he met one person that way. And it was Zacchaeus. Right. And then the tax collector's context is different than the fisherman is different than the carpenter to bring back your, your um, example full circle. So I think, yeah, for me, a big pitfall with leadership is it's not going to look the same with every person. And it's not my job to fix every person. And people are not projects for me to take on. It's my job to just do life with them in their context and like love on them in the process. And uh, yeah, the last thing to that. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the big thing is like, you know, everybody's different. So the process will look different based off of the person. And I can't try and make everything look the same as much as I would love for that to be the case. So, so just real quick, as we're wrapping up toward the end, I'd love to hear from both of you guys. What are our pieces of encouragement for people that are trying to lead, whether they're trying to lead a Bible study or they're just trying to live their life as authentically as possible as believers on their team? Um, what are our pieces of advice? What are our things of encouragement for people? I would say if I was, you know, speaking to authenticity and um, leadership, authenticity in leadership was, is my biggest struggle. Um, I am, my motto is that I'm trying to not make my motto is fake it till you make it and pretend you have it all together until you really do have it all together. And that is such a crippling, anxiety-inducing, growth-stunting way to live, let alone lead. Um, so I've, I've found in leadership, I've found by being led and also by leading, it is so much more fruitful. It's so much more impactful, Chris, like you said, to do life with people and to be honest with people. Um and remember that you don't have to have it all figured out to lead. And I think, I, I just think it's, it's leadership in its truest form, leadership as the gospel puts it is lonely, it's hard, and it's not glamorous. Um, and it's in the muck and it's in the mire and it, and it takes an amount of humility to admit to our own struggles. And I think, true leadership, you know, is somebody who can raise their hand and say like, Hey, this is really, really hard for me. Or, Hey, I'm not okay with this. And I'm really trying to, you know, keep my heart in the right place or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, and I think showing people how we bring that brokenness before the Lord is really, really a powerful thing. Um, 
So being broken before admitting the brokenness before others, asking for help, like you guys have said, leaning into other people in leadership to lead you so that you can go lead others, um, I think is crucial. And remembering that it's not about us and it's not about having it all together. And you can lay your head down at night and be like, I have no idea how I'm going to do that again tomorrow. Cause that was hard and I'm exhausted. And God just meets you with the grace for the day and the words for the day and the wisdom for the day. Um, and he just shows up in really cool ways when we can come before him and just be like, you, you got to do it. And I'm open before you and I'm ready and I'll go when you say go. And that's a really, I think that's a really powerful place to be in, in leadership on any team, especially leadership for the kingdom. Oh, that was killer. Goodness. How am I supposed to follow that one up? Um, okay. I think a lot of us in society struggle with the fear of rejection. And that can come in a leadership role, even in worldly standards of being in this sense of hierarchy. Um, you can still have a lot of people who disagree with you and who resent you. And that initially is what I felt when sending that original group text messages, hey, I may just expose myself as being like the only Christian here. And like, that's totally cool. I'm totally cool with that. But like, I would like to have a power in numbers. I would like to have a group started. Um, so I hope that someone likes this message and wants to walk with me um, in our journey towards Christ. Um, so that being said, if there is this fear, we have to take that leap of faith because it doesn't matter if you affect 15 people or one person, that is one person that is growing in their relationship with Christ. And that one person can take their love and their acceptance felt by Jesus and be a vessel towards 5,000 different other people or one person who can go into a different person. So it really only takes one leader to affect one person to affect hundreds of more people. And it's taking that sense of fear that we have of societal rejection, overcoming it and saying that this is the role that God has brought me to. Um, didn't really make sense, but I feel like with coronavirus nowadays, that's a good analogy. So I also think that we hear the phrase walking with Christ, not walking towards Christ. And I feel that though we're not Christ in human form, he came down and like was man, we're not him. We're an image of him and we're made or created in the image of God so that we can be that person that literally and figuratively walks with towards with the people that we're leading um, to be that vessel, to be that shoulder to cry on and the person to go through struggles with whoever you're leading. So 
There you go. <laughs> yeah, no, that's really good. And I think um, if I could throw anything in there after you two, I would say that leadership doesn't always equal power, but it does equal influence. So Becca and Maggie, to your points of like planting the seed, one person could influence a hundred, could influence a thousand um, years to come. Uh, I think one of the big things with leadership is we associate it with with glory again, not to keep bringing, not to belabor this point, but we associate it with like, look at me, everybody's going to view me as like an amazing person. Um, and I think Tim Tebow did a, a like sermon on this when we, when I went to passion last year, talking about significance over success. Like is your life, you could be as successful as you want by the world standards. You have money, you have fame, you have fortune, but have little to no significance because people will follow you by who you are, not what you do. So when it comes to leadership for me, it's like, you might've only led one person, quote unquote, led one person, but you were able to influence them with a love that is unmatched by anything else in this world. Thus, you've given them something they couldn't get anywhere else. So, um, yeah, so I think to that point with both of you guys, and it's been this has been a really awesome conversation and just like encouraging young leaders of just start. I think if anything I hear from what Maggie's what Maggie said in your story is it takes faith to do it. Just do it. Like just start, right? Go ask somebody and put ourselves out on the limb for that. Otherwise the gospel doesn't get preached. So with that point, um, go ahead, Bex, before I wrap up. Yeah, this. add to that, to that last point. Um, I'll keep it brief. Um, so go out and start, go out and send the text, go out and, you know, have a conversation with somebody. And also that's an incredibly powerful avenue to do it. Okay. So I'm actually going to wrap up this time. <laughs> I want to thank you guys so much for hopping on and chopping it up with you guys. Maggie, Again, I expected you to drop truth bombs left and right, and you did. So really thankful for you coming on, sharing your knowledge with us, sharing your experiences with us. So yeah. I appreciate it, guys. I really do. Yeah. I mean, I can't speak more more highly of Maggie. Again, I'm going to continue to just gas you up because you're awesome. No, you flatter me. You flatter me. <laughs> so if you guys love what you hear as much as we do, and we have a lot of fun, if you guys couldn't tell on this podcast, so if you guys love uh, what you're hearing as much as we do, hit the red subscribe button at the bottom of the screen. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, follow us on Instagram at Behind the Mask 3132. You can find us on Spotify, find us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, and we would love to hear more from you guys. Again, keep commenting, keep liking, keep you know reaching out to us. We want to hear from you guys. So until next time, we'll catch you guys later. <laughs>